Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Freaks and geeks, what's going on? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here with you. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, not in the building. Not in the building. So we have to make a call to the bullpen. We, we call for the lefty. You're a lefty, right? Yeah, you know it. There you go. I thought it was suspicious while you guys were so hyper to have me aboard. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Marcus is on. Oh. We always want you to be you know, on the listen, show. It's fine. What? It's good. Like, I, I say to you at our cubes every day, Frank, are you coming up on the podcast? Like, nah, I'm too busy. And you say, thank God. Look at this guy. Look at this guy preemptively. Ruiner. Look at this guy preemptively trying to strike here. No, I'm not trying to he strike. Because knows, he knows we're about to say he's he's been big timing us. He's been, I'm a show ruiner. He's and nobody been, wants. I'm a human <laughs> rain delay. You're like, oh, well, let's add 20 minutes onto the rundown. He has been giving us the Heisman for multiple. The Heisman? Just straight stiff arms right to the face over and over again. It's funny because every October, yeah, uh, a lot of the friends that I grew up with go to Big Bear okay. and have this huge Oktoberfest celebration. Rank hasn't been, in, hasn't been to one, <laughs> and it's, it's no coincidence. Okay. My Evite is never in the mail. Okay, but it, it, I was just about to ask you, is it is it similar to this situation where literally every single week you're on the Not email asked. chain? Never asked. You're on the email they, chain. I didn't even know they still had a podcast. I every didn't. single week you're on the email chain Am and I? you never show up. Well, I never read my email, so that's number one. <laughs> I don't put my work email on my phone. and people. Are I like, don't have it either. Yeah, and people are like, why not? I'm like, because I drink. Right. Like, the last thing yeah. I need is yeah. easy access yeah. to work-sensitive yeah. documents. I also think we were, were – I was told when right. I got hired that if you put your work email on your phone, if you were ever to leave the company, they would wipe your phone as a precaution as well. Right. Like, that was a, a sort of – barter to get the ease sure. of any work email and I was like I don't want that yeah, I don't like want that one I don't want the 500 emails we get like a night during the oh, season yeah. on right. my phone because I have to keep a very clean home screen as you can see no notifications on anything the people that have like 30,000 unread emails oh psychopaths I know I don't understand my wife's like that so, <laughs> I'm like how do you do that Got to get her, got to get her straight out her act. Unbelievable. I get like, I break out into like a clammy sweat when somebody's like, "Oh yeah, here's my phone." And I'm like, "Why do you have thirty six thousand one hundred and twelve unread emails? Can I like, can I just get in there and delete them for you? Like, I'll sit here for the next hour and." Oh, do it. easy, yeah, absolutely. The, the voice you hear, of course, uh, the whiz kid from Wisconsin. 
Alex Gelho. I don't even know if we introduced properly Adam Rain. Sorry. But oh, thank you. <laughs> it's me. People are like, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this character? Who is I this th- person? I think He's listeners left-handed. of the podcast would yeah. know as soon as it went slightly so. askew okay. from the plan. Once they are like, up. Oh, Eject. Oh, <laughs> delete. Adam Reich is delete. here. The Whisket from Wisconsin. Alex Gilhart is here. Uh, it's a sad day for us today because it is uh, Alex Gilhart's very last podcast. Yes. I mean, unless you guys call me randomly at some point. Well, you know, know we Which will. should happen, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we're definitely going to. But last official I mean, podcast, we, we correct. We made a segment called Call into the Wild. That's true. So That's oh, true. Oh, yeah. Yes, where we and franchises fiery phone ends. We'll have to get some other clever name for, yeah. for me, perhaps. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see what's going on. Uh, but yes, no. Uh, certainly a sad day today. Um, we will, I will, we'll, we'll discuss your impact on on this whole staff and uh, on the podcast as well. We got producer Christina behind the glass. I have to ask you. Yes. I, you're a Kentucky fan. You went to yes. Kentucky. Uh, from what I know of you, you're a Steelers fan. Yes. As well. Correct. Wait, where? I, so you're from Kentucky? No, I'm from Connecticut. Connecticut. It, oh, okay. So we don't really have any pro teams. So in I all see. fairness, so I, I walk feel in, like I can such pick a cu- and no, choose. No, no, no. That's <laughs> such a cop-out. No, it's not. You have all the New York teams at your, your beck and call right there. Well, the Red Sox. Or Buffalo. Uh, that's, that's my team. Okay, We're so close yes. enough to Boston. No, no, so I walk see? in and you're wearing England, a all those. big poppy David Ortiz. Yes. Jersey shirt, which I'm like, and I was just, I'm so Offensive. confused because, <laughs> I mean, wait, you're repping the entire East Coast at this point. I mean, yeah. Okay. I feel like I get to pick and choose. If your state doesn't have any professional teams, I feel like y- you is, get that But pass. You're, you're right yeah. there. I, have a qu- I, do right. Have a, I do have a question for you, though. Is Connecticut, and again, I'm not a geography buff. <laughs> He's really not. You've been along long enough, Christina, to see him fail miserably <laughs> at geography. Oh, my God. You're terrible at geography. I'm not a geography buff. I don't know buff. if that's kayfabe. Uh, but uh, the last time I checked, I, I believe yes. Connecticut is in the area called New England. Correct. Correct. And that area of New England seems to have a team. See, but I grew up <laughs> hating the Patriots. Okay. Because. So, well, my dad's family is from outside of Pittsburgh. Oh, I see. So oh, I grew up hating the Patriots, well, but I was never a Pirates fan. So. Okay. Well, I, I, think, I think you should be like, I don't know. Uh, like a Miami uh, Hurricanes college football fan or something. Too. Yeah, there we go. I'll, yeah. I'll just, just start picking the whole random That's teams. true. She yeah. does get you know? Kentucky. Right. Is Stoops still the coach there? Yes. Okay. I like him. I do, too. He's a nice guy. <laughs> no, oh, we, we hung him. out with him. We met with him. I was going to like four or five years ago, yeah, when he first I'm sharing got the that job, story. Yeah, we're going to have that whole – we're going to go through the Gelhart. Let's let's roll okay. through this. Let's roll through this. <laughs> hey, speaking of the Patriots. Story time. Hey, and speaking story. of the Patriots, we've got the AFC East roster reset. So we're going to get to all the teams in the AFC East here uh, from a fantasy perspective. Patriots, Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. Uh, we'll, again, get to uh, some good Gelhart stories if we got them. Uh, close out your show. It's a round of daily deaths, but we start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines. Oh, my God, the news. We really do have breaking news. Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles, the <laughs> Patriots, are playing in the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news. News. <laughs> the one thing I will appreciate, and I don't know if this is going to hold up or not, but uh, the the boys of the uh, of the stronghold live on in these Sounders. <laughs> It'd be great if that. years from down the line, like, I don't who hate that. are these people? Who are these characters? Yeah, no. Uh, we'll start in Buffalo, and, um, and man, it's just, it's tough to get your head around this story, but LaShawn McCoy being accused of domestic violence, child abuse, animal cruelty, taking PDs as well. The accusations come via Instagram from a woman 
uh, who says she is a friend of McCoy's ex-girlfriend. As my phone is going off, stop. Wow. Okay. Wow. Professional. <coughs> okay. Sorry. That was the wifey. Uh, oh, she's calling me right now. Okay. Um, 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 the Instagram post showed a woman with bruises, cuts, and blood on her face. LaShawn McCoy went on Instagram himself. Uh, denied the allegations. Court documents showed that McCoy was trying to evict his ex-girlfriend from his Georgia home. Police confirmed that a person had been assaulted at McCoy's home Tuesday. But McCoy himself uh, was in Miami getting ready for Bill's training camp. Investigation from police is underway. The league's investigation is underway. The team's investigation, the Buffalo Bills investigation, is underway as well. Uh, listen, man, if the police or the league or the team, if they find anything, obviously we'll discuss it then. But, I mean, you know, that specter certainly looms. If they do find something, obviously a suspension will happen. Um, and I, I, I would imagine we would talk about it from a fantasy perspective, but also from just a humanistic perspective as well. But, again, right now, investigation Underway. Until anything is concluded or actually right. comes to light, just can't no makes no sense to really touch on it or speculate. Let's let the agreed everything play out, and then we can address you guys can address it later. It's a confusing story, a lot of angles, a lot of moving parts. So we'll get to it then. All right, per Buccaneers.com, Adam Humphreys is quote well entrenched as a slot receiver for the Bucks. To me, anyways, it throws a lot of cold water on a potential Chris Godwin breakout. If you were thinking, hey, listen, they're going to run a lot of three-receiver sets, Dirk Cutter's going to be out there, you know, uh, slinging the ball around or whatever it might be with whatever quarterback he's got back there, and you're thinking Chris Godwin's going to be that third guy. Well, maybe not. Maybe he splits that third-receiver role with Adam Humphreys, who, again, has been a pretty reliable slot man uh, for Tampa Bay. Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson seem like the clear-cut starters, but Adam Rank, maybe it's not as clear-cut. I mean, what do you think about Chris Godwin? What do you think about – look, I've, I've seen some speculation that maybe Deshaun Jackson's playing time might get a little eaten into as well. But outside of Mike Evans, do you really want to take a chance on any one of these guys? Because you're not even mentioning Cam Brait, uh, O.J. Howard. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, pass catching weapons there for Jameis Winston or Charles Sims. Charles Sims. Uh, so Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston, either one of those guys are going to have a plethora of receivers to look at. Mm -hmm. So to me, it just basically comes down to Mike Evans, and I've seen his value tumble a little bit. I think a lot of us are participating in the Scott Fishbowl eight, mm. and it's interesting to see that Mike Evans. In some leagues, I've seen him go in the third round. Yeah. Some leagues in the second, but this guy was a clear cut. Not clear cut, but this guy was uh, a top, top ten pick. Top last ten pick year. last year, no doubt. A lot of people. I was very excited about him last year. Thought it was going to be a breakout campaign. Right, didn't quite work out. And so you see, Mike Evans. He's now just a a, a, a value pick in the third round. So it seems. I don't want any part of Deshaun uh, Jackson. I'm not taking Adam Humphreys, Chris, Chris Godwin. It's somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, the only guy outside of Mike Evans I'm really paying attention to is Ron Jones and where he ends up. Okay. What about the tight ends there? Cameron Braid, O.J. Howard at all? Cameron Braid is actually very efficient near the red zone, and it's somebody that Jameis Winston seems to rely on quite a bit. And O.J. Howard is a good football player. Yeah. We haven't seen that translate to the fantasy stat sheet yet. So, again, he's somebody that's interesting, but I think there's other options you can look at. I think both of those guys serve better as streamers right now. Yeah. They're both talented. Uh, they've both had flashes of production. O.J. Howard had a couple big plays late in the year. Last year, Cameron Brait, as Rank mentioned, has been a very good red zone threat throughout his career. But 
Like committees at at the backfield are are a terrifying prospect. Much less right. to go to a committee at a position that typically, unless you're one of the elite elites, gets a much smaller piece of that passing pie. So let it play out a little bit, and then if you because we've talked about this before, but like the tight end is super top heavy this year. There's like five or six guys that you really love, look locked in for big workloads or at least big touchdown shares. And after that, a lot of question marks start oh, happening. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. if you miss out on one of those early guys and wait and take a stab at somebody, you know, one of these guys could be that stab because then you're not committed. You're you're open to being able to drop them and pick somebody else up and stream the position. What a crazy stat regarding O.J. Howard. Sure. All right, so he had six touchdown catches last year. Six of them, which is <laughs> that's pretty damn good, all things considered. I was very surprised, actually, by that number. He had 26 catches total. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. That's because a lot of his touchdowns were huge plays. A couple of them were on the same little kind of sneaky play where he leaks out from blocking and gets wide open down the field. Uh, I think one was kind of on like a broken play where Jameis scrambled. I might be mixing them up, but he did have like he yeah, you're right. He had few catches, a couple big touchdowns. So that's that's, that's a tough touchdown rate to keep up. But. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. But uh, but yeah, 39 targets last year, 26 receptions, 430 uh, 432 yards, and six touchdowns. You look at the total just yardage and touchdowns, and you're thinking, okay, this guy's a talented player, super athletic, uh, could be in, in an offense that uh, will be forced. Uh, to throw that ball, but I mean, the be, target yeah. share is just not there. Yeah, know? that's like Rank said, I'm not in on the Deshaun yeah. Jackson, Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys things. They might be more week-to-week pickup in plays, especially if somebody gets injured or yeah. traded or something like that. But, I mean, Humphreys, it makes sense why they'd say he's entrenched as a slot receiver. He's been a solid contributor in each of the last two years in that role. Uh, 2016, he had 83 targets, 55 catches, 622 yards, two touchdowns. Last year, he had 83 targets, 61 <laughs> catches, right. 631 yards, one touchdown. So it's not that's not anything we really want to sink our teeth into in fantasy, except for like deepest of deep leagues where you're starting four wide receivers. But you can ma- you can understand why they would not want to just ship out that production because yeah. that's that's good from your third wide receiver. Sure, no doubt about it. All right, let's do the roster reset. AFC East. We'll start with the Patriots. We'll go top down. Patriots 13 and three last year. Tom Brady has reportedly beaten Father Time. That's uh, the later support that I saw. <laughs> for now. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I mean, he's that's that's what he said. Can I say something about that though? Yes. Um, not to. I, I hate to be a humble humble brag. I mean, not enough to keep me from doing it. <laughs> but uh, I was I was positioned outside the Patriots locker room for the Super Bowl. For the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right outside the tunnel where they walked in and out, and I would watch. You know, I watched multiple times as Tom Brady went in and out of the locker room. I'm like, Good Lord, this guy seems old. Like I. <laughs> Like I'm like, what's I'm it doesn't it doesn't translate on TV when you're watching it, he still looks great. I yeah. mean even during the game, outside sure. outside of when he tried to catch the football, he looked he looked fine, but you're like, yeah. My God, this guy, like what is happening? He looked you know, he looks like he's hung over walking down, you know, walking down to Sharky's in Hermosa Beach on, at ten AM trying to find his car. Like what he just wandered like what is happening? like I I've just never, because all the other guys that walk, you know, they come by you, you're like, oh, this guy, like, yoked, he's rocked, or he's anything like that. Yeah. Like, here comes Brady. He might as well have a robe on and some slippers. <laughs> just cruising. Pajama bottoms. That, that's how, that's how bad, that's how rough in shape it was. looked. I, I was, I was dumbstruck with okay. like, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, because he eats well and he does all that stuff. And yeah, he's beating Father Time, like I said. You would you would yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look, he's uh, 40 years old currently. He's going to be 41 when the season starts. He's turning 41 in August there. Um, uh, he, he's just a few years away from receiving Medicare benefits. 
What does he do in pro football in the NFL for fantasy managers in 2018? Alex Gill. He's still going to be great. You think so? We, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to stop like drafting him until we actually see more visible signs of decline. And he's shown us nothing over the past few years that he's not going to be one of the top four or five fantasy quarterbacks when it's all said and done. Hmm. He's still got weapons around him. He's still one. Does he though? He's still one. Yeah. He's got, he's got the best tight end. Is Rob Gronkowski? What happened? Okay, no, no. What happened to Gronkowski? He's got a he's got a backfield loaded with <laughs> players. He's got uh, Jordan Matthews there to help fill in the slot. He's still got Chris Rex Hogan. Rex Burkhead still on that team? He's still got Malcolm Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, Rex Burkhead. Bro, How dare Burkhead, you? baby. How this dare you, sir? This team is loaded. Loaded. Yeah, I'm not I, – I, and by the way, don't take that earlier diatribe to mean that I'm not going to be drafting him. Oh, yeah. Not play him. It's kind of like when you see Ozzy Osbourne on that reality TV show, yeah, and you're yeah. like, this guy can't talk. <laughs> then all of a sudden he shows up at Lollapalooza, and he's belting out Crazy Train like it's 1983. So you're still taking Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, why would we not? I don't know. I mean, look, I, I look at some of the uh, – you know, we talked about this roster reset here. I, I'll just run down very quickly – uh, some of the changes. Run it that, down. Yeah. Look, they lost uh, a terrific left tackle in Nate Solder. They do this every year. Uh, well, still. Uh, they they trade. Uh, listen, they trade well, away. Are you going to let me line. run down through the changes? <laughs> I'll save my question here. I'll, I'll furiously take Thank notes. Thank you. That, that's why we have an online rundown, pal. Uh, well, you I've can been, write notes. No, I've been busy sitting here voting for Simba for that's, the All-Star game. That's great. Uh, look, they lost le- uh, left tackle Nate Solder. Terrific left tackle. They drafted Isaiah Wynn. Uh, to kind of fill in that spot for the receivers. They traded away an explosive weapon on the outside, Brandon Cooks. They lost uh, Danny Amendola to the Dolphins. They traded for Cordero Patterson, and they signed Jordan Matthews, who looks like he's been washed, but whatever. Um, they At running back, Deion Lewis went to Tennessee. <laughs> Rank is changing the uh, yes, yes, the rundown on the fly for yes, those listening. Yeah. He's also typing in that they lost Randy Moss and, and Wes Welker. Welker. No, because like the team then let him run it down. Sony Michelle, the explosive running back, added George to pair up with Rex Burkhead. Okay, now please go ahead. I mean, you could we could go back in time. Mm, don't f- don't forget to put Kevin Falk on there too. Kevin Falk. We could go back in time and we'd be having this same same conversation. Corey Dillon. Who was the who was the they they traded away Logan Mankins when they traded him to Tampa Bay. Like this is the end. This is where it all ends for the Patriots and you're like, "Up, oh, they're still going to Super Bowls. They're still playing in the AFC Championship game." You talk about Brandon Cooks and Amendola. You could have been you know a couple of years ago. Oh, they lost Randy Moss. He's done forever now. They lost Wes Welker. There's no way he overcomes losing his safety blanket. Um, when you talk about the running backs, he's gone through. He's lost LeGarrette Blind and J.R. Redmond, if you want to go way back. Kevin Falk, Corey Dillon. I mean, you can always talk about all these guys who have left, you know, and they 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 seem to change players every year. The only two constants are Brady and no. Belichick, and as long as those two guys are still out there, it's uh, it's like Kiss touring right now. It's Paul Stanley and uh, the dude who sells all the merch, Gene Simmons. It's <laughs> but the other two guys are different, right? It doesn't matter. It's just, you know they're they're dudes in makeup, and it doesn't matter. I think I think the question though becomes, from a real life perspective, I expect Tom Brady to still be uh, obviously a good player. I, I don't see you know barring injury, it's tough for me to see Tom Brady being anything but a, a great player in real life football. That's different than fantasy. I mean, you mentioned Randy Moss losing Randy when he had Randy Moss, he was. In the conversation to having one of the greatest quarterback season, fantasy quarterback seasons ever, when Randy right. Moss left, 
obviously, but he's his still fantasy been, value tumbled dramatically. But he's still a good fantasy quarterback. The last couple of years has well, been... Yeah, from historic levels to, you know... Nobody maintains those historic I'm not, levels, I'm, uh, though. Look, Rodgers had that historic season, too. So did Manning. Then they went back to... What are you, you talking Look, Rodgers had a great season. What did he finish the next season? He still finished one or two. Right, but Brady... So Brady, since then, so he had the 50-touchdown season, yeah. tore his ACL, nothing. Came back. 28 touchdowns, 36 touchdowns, 39 touchdowns, 34 touchdowns. Oh, 25. What a trash player. <laughs> 33, 36, 28, 32. It's a question of degrees, though, guys. It's, I'm not saying he's going to be a bad player. I, ju- I literally just You're said saying he's going to be. You just said he's going to be a bad player. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just it. said he's going to be a good player in real life. I'm just saying it from a fantasy perspective. Is he going to be worth, uh, you know, is he going to be a top four quarterback in fantasy? I don't know. Yes. I-, I have some question marks as to whether or not that's true. That's all. Uh, he's going to be. Okay, fine. We'll move on. Um, let's talk about the wide receivers very quickly here. Uh, anything to get excited about? Cordell Patterson, Jordan Matthews. You had mentioned Jordan Matthews, Alex Gilhart. Uh I'm not really excited about it, but tell me why. I'm not. He's might- just he's just a name to keep an eye on because he's going, like, undrafted. Yeah. And there were points in time where he was a very productive slot receiver earlier in his career in uh, with the Eagles. Yeah. And if the Patriots line him up in that big slot kind of role, he could he could thrive there. I mean, Edelman's coming back, but he's older. He's coming off a big injury. Right. We know Brady's got eyes for him, but Brady has quickly built rapports with receivers in the past. We saw it with Brandon Cooks last year. They acquired him in the offseason. Boom, he was like a top 12 player. Just a name to consider. I still okay. like Chris Hogan. He's a solid value. He was super consistent in fantasy with them there. Wasn't getting like a monumental target share, but he would yeah. get a nice – he, he had, ran a nice combination of routes where he could get you big plays, he could get you touchdowns. And at the end of the day, you'd be happy with that. Uh, Other than Gronk, stat. I'm not sure there's a I'm not sure there's a pass catcher that I'm I'm interested in at any price, just because of I think there might be some. Where's, we've seen where's Hogan I mean, going these days? He's going like round oh, what, all these guys seven are... to eight. Hogan? Yeah. If Hogan's going that high, there's a zero percent chance I'm taking Hogan. What? No chance in hell I would take Chris Hogan that high, given given that's the like, inconsistencies there. That's like your wide receiver. Uh, Chris Hogan's going in the sixth on fantasy football calculator <laughs> in twelve team leagues. That's a that's a horrible that's price. Six point oh five. It's spending. And you know you talked about uh, that's a horrible price. Jordan Matthews. You know if you're one of those people who, at the end of their draft, you missed out on one of the top defenses or kickers, and you're going to be the streamer. It's worth it to take somebody like Jordan Matthews because you can wait out the preseason. See what kind of role he he evolves into. Maybe he's going to be used a lot in the slot and everything like that. Then you've got yourself a valuable little commodity. And then if he doesn't, then you drop. Then he's the guy that you drop when you go and pick up the Bears defense in week one. <laughs> Actually, you wouldn't want to pick up the Bears defense in week one. But, you know, you pick up some yeah, yeah, defense. Yeah, yeah, All right, there you go. Um, Hogan's going later in MFL 10s, going about a pick pick 97 in those. Okay. Still too pricey. In 12-team league. Too pricey? No chance. Too pricey. Hell. I would take him there. Well, here's some context. I mean, he's, he's, priced, going he's, around, priced his, he's priced at his absolute maximum. Value. He's going around Sterling Shepard, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Randall Cobb. Um, trying to find some more wide receivers here. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is going mm-hmm. that high? On MFLs, yeah. But this might be skewed for some from some dynasty things. Okay. <laughs> Still, I don't think that's an outrageous price to ask for Chris Hogan. All right. Uh, at running back, Deion Lewis went to Tennessee, as I mentioned. Uh, again, Sony Michelle. Uh, out of Georgia, going to be pairing up with Rex Burkhead. Uh, Rank, I think you're a little higher on Sony Michelle uh, than I am. I know for sure. I know he's a great athlete. I yeah. just, uh, just for me, I, I think the ball security concerns, um, and just the fact that you know he wasn't, and he he enters a good situation, right? Because it's a good offense, and he's not going to be leaned upon to be the guy. 
Mm -hmm. That being said, in the split backfield, uh, explain to the folks why you are pretty high on Sony Michelle. I do like him. I, I know it's not as simple as just saying, like, well, he's going to be this year's Deion Lewis. Right. But he's certainly going to have a role in that capacity. Uh, the one monkey wrench in all this is Burkhead, because when Burkhead's healthy and available, they use him an awful lot. Uh, but Sonny Michelle, I, I think that the, the, the thing with the Patriots running backs is that everybody acts like it's this unsolvable riddle, but really we, we can distinguish the usage pattern well, last pretty quick. Years. Yeah, yeah you, the last you, couple of years for sure. It gets established who's going to be doing what, and it always seems like the roles are kind of different. Like LeGarrette Blunt had that kind of a knobbly year where he had like, I think it was 55 touchdowns one season where it was crazy. <laughs> he was just racking up the touchdowns exactly. and he had entered the year yeah. being undrafted in a lot of leagues. Right, right. I know in our uh, NFL experts league, he was, he was drafted. I dra again, this was like somebody who I drafted in the last round. And yeah. then you saw like, Oh, this guy might actually play a lot. I ended up holding on to him. You get into situations like that. And I think that Sonny Michelle has the pedigree and I know that, Ball security is something I would be concerned with if he was going to a team with a lesser coaching staff. Okay. Like, if you if you have ball security issues and you show up in Cleveland, you're like, yeah, I don't want that. But for whatever reason, I'm confident that Bill Belichick is going to find a way to make that work. And if you don't get it fixed, you're obviously not going to play. So, I'm comfortable with it. I, I Again, this is one of the disadvantages of watching college football is you watch these guys play yeah. in college and you cannot be talked off him not translating to the – and I'll just use Josh Ferguson as an example of, like, watching too many Illinois games and being like, this guy can actually play. And, like, every year <laughs> trying to convince people oh, yeah. that this is Fergie's year. Yeah. The Colts don't have anybody, though. No. Still, like, this year it could be Josh Ferguson's year. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. That's great. But uh, I do That's like great. everything. And, again, you know, he's going to a high-profile offense that has the need at the running back position. At one who's going to get the chance. I know a lot of people look at committees – and think it's awful, but it's also cool that somebody's going to get an opportunity. Yeah. So, and I'm don't you it. want a piece of a backfield on an offense you know is going to score some points? Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Like and especially, you know, and, and it also, when you talk about Tom Brady, if what you were talking about, how he's garbage, <laughs> as you were saying earlier, um, I think that's a direct quote. If you, I don't know if you want to pull that back. We'll, we'll up. play the tape oh, back later. Yeah. Play the, oh, <laughs> we're not just find, Can you find me the audio? Jeez. No, no, no. Don't don't feel like you have to do that. <laughs> I'll play it back later. <laughs> okay. Good, thank good, you. Good, thank you. But you know, let's say that Tom Brady has a season like Drew Brees last year, yeah. where he's still a very good NFL player. Right. At, but the rookie running back ends up getting a lot of the um, a lot of the action. So you, you kind of you know you. This is what we're doing. We're speculating on this yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I don't have the concrete answers. I don't have a crystal ball. Right. But I'm taking I'm taking an educated, calculated risk with Sonny Michelle. It just just the way that they've kind of lined up their roster, it just seems like to me, instead of going vertical, they're gonna go horizontal. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they have the guys there, whether it's Jordan Matthews being a, a big slot guy, you know, they're various wide receivers. All these guys work in, in, in short areas. You know what I'm saying? No, I got you. And they're not very, you know, it, it's uh, to me it doesn't look like they've constructed their roster to be a, a vertical passing team. But, I mean, and again, a lot of that I'm sure is to protect Tom Brady. Right. You know what I mean? That, that's when you take the big hits is when you're sitting back in the pocket waiting for a big play to open up. But, okay, whatever. Uh, the Bills, 9-7 and seven last year. We talked about the LaShawn McCoy thing. Buffalo was terrible on offense last year. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know this. Uh, 29th in the league in total yards. 31st in passing yards. Just 176 passing yards per game. 
22nd in points per game at just 18.9 per contest. So what does Buffalo do? Well, they get rid of their dynamic quarterback, of course. They trade away Tyrod Taylor. They signed A.J. McCarron. Then they spent the top seven pick on Josh. One they also had to trade up to get. Why did you do it? Just keep Tyrod Taylor. Just keep Tyrod Taylor. Didn't they, they trade it up for Josh Allen, didn't they? They did, yeah. That was, that was the Colts pick. That's right. Unreal. Uh, at running back, they Nailed signed that, by the way, in my Wait, no, the Colts through. picked six, and they got, uh, didn't they? Oh, no, they Quentin traded Nelson. back and then got Quentin Nelson still. I forget. Wow, it feels like an eternity ago already. Hold on. Now I have to look. No, wait. This. No, yeah. The Colts had Quentin Nelson at six, and then seven was the Buccaneers. <laughs> That's who it was. Uh, at running back, Chris Ivory, for some reason, was signed by the Buffalo Bills. Ivory has averaged 3.6 yards per carry over the last two years. He was signed to be a backup, bro. Why are you hating? I mean, I guess. He just looked bad. He's a fine backup. If they end up having a need at the running back position, DeMarco Murray still remains unsigned. Okay. Well, there's that as well. If they want 3.2 yards per carry, they can sign DeMarco Murray instead of uh, Chris <laughs> I Ivory. didn't say it was a good option. Right. <laughs> uh, I, DeMarco Murray, as great as he was for a long time, man, like when you're he hungry. started. I mean, maybe maybe like an offseason of not having to go through training camp will help him, but, man, was he, look, he bad sluggish last the last couple of years. Well, two years ago he was actually all right. Because fantasy, he was all right. He still did not look like the same guy on the. No, team. I know, but because remember, he had that horrendous season in Philadelphia mm-hmm. under Chip, and then then he went to Tennessee, and everyone thought he was washed. But he actually had a pretty good year that first year with Tennessee. Although Tennessee at that time, and and maybe even this uh, currently has one of the top two or three offensive lines in football. So um, I think that certainly helped. But last year, man, holy hell, Demarco Murray looked. He was fighting a lot of nagging injuries, yeah. There's that as well. Uh, At wide receiver, the Bills, again, projecting to be pretty terrible in the passing game. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin is still there. No big offseason acquisitions. I I mean, their biggest free agent signing at wide receiver, Jeremy Curley. There it is. That's not great. That's not re- that's not great. Uh, no receivers really to speak of for Buffalo. I, I guess I'll just throw out maybe Charles Clay. <laughs> Charles Clay is a gr- uh, is a not not great, but he's a fine super late round guy in that vein. Again, if you miss out on the big run of uh, tight ends, is you want to take though? it or a streamer. He you got to remember like his stats were depressed last year because he like injured his MCL pretty bad or something and had to miss okay. three or four weeks and yeah. then was coming back and didn't get a full workload. Guy. But for a while, he was like PPR PPR gold. He was getting you like 10, 12 points in PPR at um, at the tight end position, which was which was really solid for like a streaming pickup. So somebody to keep an eye on, especially um, with the, the question marks at wide receiver. But Kelvin Benjamin is like, aside from LaShawn McCoy, Kelvin Benjamin is the only person I might consider taking in this offense. And that's like that's in it. the double-digit rounds. Yeah. Because you know he's got touchdown upside. He's a good red zone threat. Uh, there's a dearth of options there in the passing game. So – it would stand to reason that somebody would like to throw it at the six foot five tree <laughs> running routes out there on the field. Kelvin Benjamin currently has a AP uh, around one ten, so you can get him pretty late. Double yeah, digit that's runs. and that's fine. That's that's a fine risk if he's your fourth or fifth wide receiver because if he hits and turns into like a wide receiver two kind of value, right. hooray! If not, cut him. Charles Clay, uh, 558 yards last year, just two touchdowns on 13 games. But as Alex Gilhar mentioned, might have been battling some injuries throughout his campaign as well. The Dolphins last year, 6-10. and 10. Jay Cutler is back on reality shows. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill slated to be the team's starting quarterback. Um, we'll talk about the wide receivers very quickly. Jarvis Landry gone. They signed Danny Amendola and Albert Wilson. Um, he They join a wide receiver core that – Includes Devonte Parker and Kenny Stills on the outside. Adam Rank, our, our 
given Ryan Tannehill coming back after a full year off, uh, given the wide, is there any pass catcher that you're interested in here uh, in South Beach? I kind of like Albert Wilson, perhaps, as somebody who could break out. Uh, I would like it a little bit more if they did have a competent quarterback or somebody I could trust a little bit more right. than Ryan Tannehill. And by the way, for everybody who's now talking about how great Jay Cutler is because of his his turn on what is it Cavalieri very Cavalieri very, very, very yeah. Cavalieri baby like that's yes that is the that is the that's the gem I've been talking about this is like this has been this has been the national treasure uh. waiting to be unearthed and you you idiots just wanted to do smoking Jay memes congratulations that's the same persona he that's, was we're not getting into that that's we're not congratulations. <laughs> It's the this same. guy. What are you talking about? It's the same guy. He's the best. No, no, no. <laughs> what you no, no, no. It's the same guy. No, no, no. I can no, see no, him no. with a cigarette in his mouth on Very Cavalier. You right guys, now. you guys all bought your flat screen TVs, okay. and then we're not watching high def channels. You were just watching. <laughs> I eight, literally have no idea. What you're playing eight bit video games on it. All right. What are you talking? This about? is you. You were not. <laughs> literally, what are you talking about? We were not experiencing <laughs> the full. <laughs> The full gamut <laughs> of what Jay Cutler is, okay? And this is what it is. And so you, you I can enjoy you it now. I asked you about Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills, and we're talking about Because they're all Jay garbage. Cutler? I don't want to talk about that. No, 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 no. I, I, lo- I love Kenny Stills as a, as a later-round value. Okay. value. He's had a solid – I've written him up, like, every year for the past few years. He's been pretty solid. Um, <laughs> he's, he's had a decent target share. He's also, I think uh, – I'm going to go pull up the stat right now, so let me just kind of uh, – Stretch this out until I get uh, actual numbers to look at. Don't mind Look at me. the numbers, Berber. Okay, so Kenny Stills has had 17-plus percent of the team targets in each of the last two years. His 15 touchdowns in that same span uh, lead the team. Mm. Uh, so he's been a good touchdown scorer. Uh, Jarvis Landry left, and he had 26% of the team's targets since uh, 2016. So there's going to be way more opportunities. Like Rank said, they went and picked up two um, slot receivers to maybe try and replicate Jarvis Landry's um, – what you call it, uh, production. production in the slot. But, yeah. like, neither of them are Jarvis Landry, so it would stand to reason that a few more of those targets might go to the outside. And Stills is coming as a – oh, that's on my computer. Sorry, I just yeah, noticed. I'm like, where's that sound coming from? <laughs> uh, st- like, oh, good old yeah. autoplay on NFL.com articles. Yes, good. Love uh, and Stills is a much better value right now in terms of ADP than sure. Devontae Parker because everybody's still hoping Parker hits Hoping for ceiling. that breakout, baby. He hasn't got there yet, and when it comes to those two – I'd much rather take the more proven, consistent option in stills like five rounds later. Devontae Parker, ADP 100, around 100. Kenny Stills, ADP around 140. Yes. So there you go. You can uh, much, much later. We should talk about this backfield, though. The backfield confuses me, man. Kenyon Drake on the back end of last year looked like an absolute superstar in the making. Meanwhile, in the offseason, they signed Frank Gore. And then they drafted uber-athletic Kalen Balage out of Arizona State. Adam Rank, you've seen some Kalen Balage. I've seen some Kalen Balage. We've seen some of the athleticism. Uh, he's, he's peaked a little, you know, shown a little, a little burst every now and again, but he hasn't obviously been a consistent um, producer on the football field. But, but certainly the metrics, the athletic measurements anyway, uh, are a little bit eye popping. I think I think more people are obviously concerned about Frank Gore. Right. The the inconvenient truth is still I mean, hanging around here. Uh, you know I mean, was. I mean. Did you catch this quote from Gase, by the way? Uh somebody asked him about uh if Gore was brought in just pe- to be like a mentor, if he was gonna have a big role, and Gase said, We'll figure it out. This is no different than what we were kind of doing with Damien and Kenyon last year. I mean, it's a long season. This was the part that really caught my eye. 
We got caught in a couple situations last year where Kenyon was the only guy we had, and he had to take the majority of the carries. Really, that's not what we want. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's going to be tough over a 16-game season. We'll make sure that we spread this thing out. We'll use both of those guys the right way. I mean, I mean, that doesn't make me feel good about drafting Kenyon Drake. No, it does not. I think I think before the Frank Gore signing, um, to me anyways, Kenyon Drake was probably going to be a top ten pick uh, in fantasy because he was just that good. What? That's a little rich, but I mean, top ten running back, a top ten running back, like a yeah, yeah, not in the first round. No, 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 not in the first round. I, I think a top ten running back. He was top twenty for sure, but he wasn't going to crack the top ten over the guys that are there. Really? Yeah. Are you crazy, oh, no. dude? He was amazing last year. In a small sample yeah, size. Yeah, a small sample size, but, I mean, well, people haven't gotten excited about a small sample size yeah, before. Say. That's, that's what was fair. He on, what was he on pace for? But <laughs> So here, let me let me read you, like, the top 11 backs right now yeah, based, yeah. based on ADP, and you okay. tell me if prior to Frank Gore, Kenyon Drake would have cracked that. All right. Gurley, Bell, Probably Elliott, John DJ, Kamara, okay. Barkley, yeah. Fournette, Gordon, Hunt, and Cook. And then G Freeman, Gordon, sorry. Gordon Hunt. Gordon Hunt and Dalvin Cook, Devonta Freeman, Dalvin Cook, yeah, all those guys. You you would have taken him above all oh. of them, above da Dalvin Cook's coming off an ACL. Yeah, he didn't mention Jordan Howard either. Jordan Howard uh, is well, I'm the not, next three after that are Jarek McKinnon, Lashawn McCoy, Jordan Howard. Yeah, I'm not because see that's why. Then once we get through that, then it turns to Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Darius Geis, Ajayi. That's where I thought Kenyon Drake would have slotted. Oh no. Oh, he would have. I think he's. I think he's in that. I think he's absolutely in that Melvin Gordon territory without. No way. Without. Uh, without Frank Gore. How is he? How is he not? You're crazy. Okay. All right. Bad. Uh, bad offense. Probably they like he only got those op opportunities as you said because there were injuries. It was small sample size. Like, I don't know. Didn't feel nothing about it. Felt good. He w He had never been like a featured guy at any point throughout his career. Yeah. I mean, I, look. I get that. But again, just. I mean, just what he put on tape. Last year, if you didn't get excited about that, I mean, that's that's pretty insane. I, I just think, like like I said, I I just think that once hype starts building, guys' value starts rising. I mean, for God's sakes, Chris Hogan, you were just talking about Chris Hogan being in the sixth round. This is baffling to me. That's mind-boggling to me. Anyways, whatever. We're getting off track. Frank Gore, by the way, um, you want to talk about an incredible career here, man. Um, Twelve consecutive seasons now. 12 consecutive seasons, he has posted at least 1,200 scrimmage yards. In 12 consecutive seasons at the running back position, that is incredible. For a guy who came into this league with some injury concerns, this guy has just been unbelievably durable. He hasn't missed a game in one, two, three, four, five, six years. And seven years ago when he was with San Francisco, he missed one game. That is unbelievable. So, yeah, when people are worried about Frank Gore, this is why. Durable dude, productive on the field. Um, he just seems to be a productive player when he, when he touches the ball. Is he super efficient? No. I mean, the guy hasn't had, you know, uh, been north of four yards of carry in three seasons. But the guy's just out there, man. I mean, his availability is, is definitely one of his strongest suits. There's no question about it. But 12 I mean, 1,200 yards, scrimmage yards, just again and again and again. He's a machine. The guy's an absolute machine. Yep, so, and yeah. that's why he's probably going to be a factor this year again. I agree. It's a problem. Uh, on the offensive line, Josh Sitton was signed. He's a ter terrific offensive guard. If he's been battling injuries yeah, for years. he's got to stay healthy. Dude, he's so. been hurt forever. 
I mean, because that's why that's why the Packers let Josh Sitton go, and a lot of people questioned it right. um, if that was the right timing. Yeah. Then he went to the Bears. It was playing really well. Was same back injuries that had plagued him with the Packers came right. back with the Bears. Eventually caused them to cut ties with him. Now he's yep. in Miami. If he's on and the he field, healthy. if he's on the field, Josh Sitton is a, like one of was so earlier in his career one of the best guards in football. That's right. But oh, yeah. now, like with a back injury, I mean, when you're an offensive lineman. Back is that's where I need that back. Pretty important to to you know leverage yourself against uh, three hundred pound men trying to destroy your quarterback. Uh, the team also drafted tight end Mike Gesicki at a Penn State. Super talented Ooh. and athletic. Uh, he's a great pass catcher. Not necessarily known to be one of those. He's he's more of a, one of those what they call a move tight end. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? A, a great pass and catcher. It seems like they're intent on using him like that. I've seen some reports he's struggling to pick up the playbook and stuff and such a little bit. So. Might not be one of those guys to break the rookie tight end trend, so, yeah, but yeah. certainly a name to keep an eye on. He yep. might be a good streamer to pick up. Okay, there you go. The Jets last year five and eleven, uh, last in the division. They added Josh McCown at quarterback. They also, oh by the way, drafted Sam Darnold at number three. Mm, but they had McCown last year at quarterback. Well, he got injured. I think they. It's coming back. They re-signed. They re-signed. Him. I should have said go. they re-signed Josh McCown. Uh, they added Isaiah Crowell via free agency. They added Teddy Bridgewater though. Hmm. That might have been what you were mixing up in your mind. I think it was. They re-signed uh, McCown yeah. added Teddy. That's right. Um, they, again, have Isaiah Crowell. The Crow is flying now. <laughs> angry. Um, ADP, late 80s for Isaiah Crowell. I think it's a really good value, if you, especially if you skew wide receiver, tight end, QB early. For sure. Uh, Robbie Anderson, a breakout wide receiver last year, no doubt about it. 63 receptions, 941 yards, seven touchdowns for Robbie Anderson. But – he does still face some legal troubles, suspensions. I don't know. I mean, yeah, whatever. He's facing legal troubles, so we know that. Uh, also a wide receiver, they signed Terrell Pryor, who joins a wide receiver group of Robbie Anderson, as we mentioned, Jermaine Curse, Quincy Anunwa. Does anyone in terms of these pass catchers interest you at all? I was, <laughs> I was looking at Robbie Anderson yeah. last year. Uh, and as you mentioned, he's still facing some legal troubles, so hopefully that gets worked out in the near future. Quincy Anunwa probably is underrated, too, as an NFL player. I just don't know what this team is going to do. And currently, this is, as luck would have it, I'm uh, completing the series of uh, five reasons why your team will make the playoffs. Okay. I have the Jets and Dolphins. Uh, Making it in? Well, no, no, no. I mean, no. you it's have to pick them. Oh, like, for the, oh, oh, for they're the, doing the, it for every team. They're doing it for every team. The case. Oh, yeah. no. But the way you had and there's a lot of time. well, there are a lot of times outside of the Bengals. Okay. Bengals, Jets, and Dolphins were three teams where you're like, here's what needs to happen for everything to go right. And I right. think for the Jets to make the playoffs, you need big seasons from Anderson and Quincy Anunwa, and of course the Crow needs to fly. I don't know that that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I, the best case scenario for the Jets is that they, they're the quarterback who starts week one starts the whole season. That means that if Josh McCown or Teddy Bridgewater wins that job out of camp, that means they keep the job the whole year because they're playing so well and you can't afford to bench them. What you don't want to get into is a situation where it's like, well, now it's week eight. Here comes Sam Darnold, and you got a 21-year-old rookie out there. And then the fantasy values of Anderson and Quincy Anunwa would likely take a hit. So it's it's an interesting situation. It's a difficult situation, and it's one that I'm avoiding unless the the, the value is just too great. Jermaine Curse, I thought was a pretty good player. I don't know what he actually had some solid fantasy weeks too. Yeah, when that's the, him too. Targets were there. Uh, so I it's really think, not a bad receiver room. No, I mean it's it's, it's not solid. one that you're going to look. That it's it's not top heavy, but no. it's also not like a bunch of of scrubs by any stretch. Right. Like 
they're they're good players and uh there'll be guys that could be good matchup based plays or in deeper leagues to round out a receiving core like yeah. I mean they're not the not the type of players that are going to like excite you week to week but hey if they're giving you reliable production like that jet that jet offense was like surprisingly efficient and scoring quite a few points when McCown was under center. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah. he's there right away again or if uh Darnold really com- good start this Darnold game. comes in and delivers on his promise like they're they're they got an extremely underrated offense top to bottom. That works too. Hey, hey again going back to my point. It's like whoever starts week 1 if it is Sam Darnold who wins the job cuz he plays so well and he starts wire to wire then that's a good sign and that means that the offense. But that, again that's something that Again, we don't have the answers right now. Uh, we're just speculating. All right, we shall. And Trippier for England. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Right? Yeah. Is he do? Is he a good? Do we like him? I don't know enough Sorry, about his, him. Sorry, his his team, the World Cup starting right now. The World Cup is one of this. I'm just saying. Yeah. Somebody was asking <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> We've gotten so much positive feedback because uh, we were we. Because I'm not time, on the show. No, no. Because we w- the last time we had potted, uh, we had watched uh, the England PKs live as we were wrapping. Oh my pod. god. Yeah, and we were losing it, but uh, but yes. Um, speaking of soccer fans, Alex Kielhar. Yes, that is me. That's you, pal. <laughs> uh, it's a sad day here, man, uh, on the podcast. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Yeah, look, man, um, for those folks who don't know, Alex Kielhar is the guy who wanted to and had the will to restart the podcast as an actual podcast and not a refurbishing of uh, the TV show's audio um, when it was just repurposed audio, the show, the podcast, the quote-unquote podcast was... Yeah, from Fantasy Live on the network with Fabiano and you guys and stuff. They would just clip that audio and put yeah. it on the show. And I was making the case for a couple of years. I was like, we're the NFL. We should have our own fantasy right. podcast. That's and then exactly right. people were like, oh, that's a good idea. And I was like, yeah, no no crap. And then so <laughs> I was like, can you guys get, like, can we get a producer and get this thing off the ground? And they're like... <sighs> We don't have any money. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. I didn't so, not have money just to hit play. So I uh, I learned the ro- – I, you know, did a crash course in producing yeah. back there in the big studio where Christina's sitting and then helped get this bad boy off the ground. And here we are now, years later. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, And that was uh, – oh, my goodness. Was that was that three se- full seasons ago? At least. Maybe four, honestly. I think it might have been four. Yeah, might it's have been, been a while. Craziness. It's been a long time, man, and we've had a great time. Um, I think – I think one of the things that um, I've come to appreciate, and and it's kind of the the vibe that we've kind of put on this show overall, is the fact that, you know, obviously it's pretty laid back. You're gonna get you're you're gonna get good info. Um, we're not gonna just beat you to death with info, though. Uh, and I just I think that's kind of our sweet spot is we're gonna give you great information, but we're gonna have a blast doing it. Um, as well. I mean, listen, we're going to give you next-gen stats. We're going to give you all the, the advanced metrics and all that. But, man, we're also going to talk about beers and beards and, yes. <laughs> and movies and all that kind of good stuff as well. But, Alex, I, I just, from a personal standpoint, ha- have really, really enjoyed working with you. Um, it's just, to me, I don't know, man. Like, he's, look, for the for folks who don't know, he's just such a professional, man. Very, very professional. And in this business... Believe it or not, that's actually pretty tough to find. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure working with you, uh, especially on this podcast. Oh, well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's been great getting to know you and become good friends with you over our years on this pod together. So appreciate all of you guys as well. Thank you. Uh, can you fill the listeners in? Uh, and I think most of the folks know kind of what's happening, but just fill the listeners in on, on 
you know, what's next for Alex Gilhar? Yeah, well, what's next is uh, starting next week a lengthy drive across country. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking my time though. I'm going to stop and visit a couple friends, doing quite a looping route back yeah. to Wisconsin. But then once I get up there this fall, I'm going to start uh, law school at the University of Madison, uh, Wisconsin. So go Badgers on Wisconsin. Uh, and uh, after that, I'm hoping to get into some sort of kind of life of public service. Want to want to be able to have a degree that I can give back to the community in and really help people that that need a voice and things like that. So that's that's the path. It won't be for a couple of years because law school is a uh, quite the endeavor. Right. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited for that next step. I'll miss all of you guys. Obviously, I'll keep in touch over Twitter.com and things hey. like that. But uh, yeah, I'm pumped for it. And that's, so that's what's coming up for me. Can you talk about how difficult that decision was? Because I know there was a seminal moment in your life where you're saying where you where the, the seeds of this began. Yeah. But look, it's not like you're walking away from a, a job that you hate. You're walking away no, from a job. No, I'm walking away from a, a job that's great with a lot of people I love and a, a promising career in in media. But uh, it was something I wrestled with for a while, and I just really wanted to do something more with my time on this earth. And uh, I had been kind of wrestling with that for a while, and then given all that's happening in in America and the world, I thought the time was right, and I was I was young enough and not committed to anything uh, at this point. You know, don't have a, a wife or kids or anything like that, or a house out here. So I uh, decided that the uh, the move and the career change and financial burden of going back to law school would be well worth it. So, Adam Rank, you worked with uh, Alex a lot closer on the dot-com side. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk about, you know, you and you've been here with NFL Media for, you know, since day Pretty one. Pretty much my whole life. Yeah, day one, basically. It seems that way. You know what and I mean? Have you yeah. had 20 years yet? Oh, yeah, I've had 20 years. Oh, yeah. The NFL publishing days to now. 100%, yeah, because I was a uh, teenager. When I was uh, interning <laughs> awesome. with uh, NFL Publishing, that's amazing. Uh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't even. All, I, I, I gotta think that one of the first functions I went to with the NFL, I yeah. was not allowed to legally drink, but they didn't care. They're like, "That's oh, good wasted. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's great." Um, Can you talk about what the difference has been once Alex Gilhar kind of joined the staff? Sorry, England just scored. Oh my oh, god! And it's, it's the guy. guy. Sorry. <laughs> that guy. They just scored off of a free oh kick from god. outside the 18. He looks <laughs> literally like, the guy you just mentioned. He looks like <laughs> a guy who would Christina back me up. He looks like a guy who would play for the Texas Rangers, which makes me automatically hate him. I, see. I just can't. I just. I just see. It. He's like, oh, he would be somebody who would who would slide in spikes high right, so and try to take out Andrelton Simmons. Oh, come on! What a kick! Come on! What a play! What a kick! I mean, that's, really? That's though? a butte. Oh, that's a butte. That's keeper didn't have a chance. That was uh, well he placed. Had no chance. That's that's, wow. a, that's a textbook. Freak. That is so good. Oh. It seems so Gorgeous. easy. We like how people be like, how can he not stop that? Like, it's so difficult to even <laughs> comprehend <laughs> the speed and everything that's coming up uh, with everything that's going on. But not to not to get off the point. And um, this will count as my dap. So don't even go to me because this is what I just wanted <laughs> right. to talk about uh, a, a few of the things because Alex joined a, a very special group at a very special time here at NFL Media. Uh, our boss, Carmen Dukes, uh, was putting together an all-star crew. And we went out and did – a lot of cool things, and we alluded to it earlier in the show. Uh, we did this this project called Fan Pass, where we would go behind the scenes and we would act like you know fans, like what what fans would do if you were given the access that we are given. And in particular, there was one draft. It was the Taylor Lewan draft, and we got an opportunity to sit and talk to Mike Stoops uh, in the green room of the S. SYNY or SDNY. SDNY, I think it's SDNY in New York, right across the street from Radio City Music Hall, and just had just conversations, just like not, we weren't interviewing them. We were just sitting there uh, passing the time. And at one point, Rudy Giuliani came in 
uh, when he was still America's mayor, you know, and he was still of high prestige. And we just had this long conversation about baseball. Like, it wasn't about anything else. It wasn't about politics or anything like that. And me being an Angels fan, it was interesting because I was like, hey, 2002, we always beat you guys. Uh, and unfortunately, you got us in 2009. I think, yeah, that time would have passed, you know. So it's conversations like that. We got to go and hang out in a in a in a in a hotel room with Barry Sanders, who told us this great story. Is that right? And yeah, I said we had a star-studded morning. That yeah, day. we went up and Barry and I go, hey, I go, I gotta ask you this question. And I go, not a lot of people would know this, but you came uh, to Detroit. You wore number 21 uh, famously in uh, at Oklahoma State. You come to Detroit. You wear number 20 which was the number worn by Billy Sims. Was that kind of a, a shot at him? And he goes, no, that was actually Wayne Fonts uh, wanted me to carry that legacy because Billy Sims had his career cut short, um, had his career cut short. So he wanted number 20 to be established as something meaningful for the Detroit Lions. They're like, oh, that's really cool. He goes, yeah, I grew up rooting for them uh, as a fan, you know, because my dad was a huge Oklahoma fan. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, except when you played at Oklahoma State. He goes, no. He goes, my dad, Barry Sanders' dad, uh, rooted for Oklahoma over his son's <laughs> Oklahoma State team. Yeah, hell yeah. Which is amazing. And for a couple of years, it makes sense because Thurman Thomas was starting over him anyways. Uh, but just having experiences like that, uh, we went to the San Francisco Super Bowl, and there was a, a late night. We were get, we were kicked out of the lobby of the San Francisco Hilton. And this guy comes up because the bar is in the lobby. And he yeah. goes, you guys have to leave. I go, well, we're staying at the hotel. And the lobby never closed. So you realistically can't kick us out. Right. But I said, I, well, you know what? It's early enough. I'll go run to the liquor store. We'll grab some beers. So it was Marcus, Alex, and I and his father playing cribbage, making a lot of noise. I'm surprised we weren't kicked out, uh, going crazy. I mean, just little moments like that. I mean, obviously going to a game, right. the Super Bowl is amazing. And yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. be – dismissive of that but just like little moments like that where we are able to share that i'll i'll carry with me for a long time but the biggest thing is is something that you mentioned about the podcast and it's not necessarily the the, the podcast is a part of it but if you have followed nfl fantasy over the last five six years uh it was it was kind of not great (laughs) for a long time it was i would say borderline dreadful and alex came in and really took ownership of it, really took uh, an interest in making it something special. And the cool thing about the the fantasy space is it's not necessarily the big players who are the industry leaders. You know, it's not like – I mean, obviously Matthew Barry does a nice job and Brad Evans does a great job with Yahoo, but there's a lot of, of satellite guys. And I don't – not that – but like JJ and Evan Silva and all the, the great fantasy voices. We were actually so far behind. Yeah. Despite like trailing being, so far, despite being the NFL. Yeah. And I don't want to say it was all Alex because I don't want to take away from what you have been doing, James and Marcus and the and the fantasy hipsters and everyone. But Alex was the leader of that. He was and, the architect. And, and the reason why that I feel that NFL fantasy is now on par with all of those names that I mentioned a moment ago is because of Alex and his diligence and his – his pride in trying to make it the best that it can absolutely be. And I honestly believe that we would not be where we are in the industry if it wasn't for Alex. So above the personal stuff, the professional stuff, and it's it's going to be hard to to really 
fill that void. Will I, I miss not seeing a Packers hat and the cube next to me? I will. <laughs> but it was worth it. Well, I'm not it was taking worth those it. with Have, me for it the was, record. It was none worth those, it. None of those fit my giant head, so I'm going to leave true. them there for whoever good. gets my cube afterwards. Oh, good. Perfect. Perfect. But it was worth it. And, uh, yeah. and I can't thank you enough uh, oh, well, for being a guys. friend, for being a great coworker. And, again, I don't think of this as uh, goodbye, but as a – We'll see you soon. No, certainly not. It's been a great run, and thank you guys immensely for all you did for us and the brand and all you just said now. That was very touching. Um, let's close out with your show with a round of Daily Daps. Daps, 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 Now we're talking no, about no. dog bites and <laughs> dipping. <laughs> daps, 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 daps. You know, if you like creepy rabbits, uh, this movie's for you. Godzilla is down there. This is why I love this group of guys who are like, ah, whirlwind, there it goes, boom. All right, uh, I'll start us off. Uh, you know, we had talked about Alex Gilhar, uh, obviously daily daps to him, uh, just for a lot of things, man. Just, I mean, showing a lot of personal character um, and all the things that I've mentioned before as well. Um, I will give another daily dap out to uh, a, another co-worker of ours, Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, he's going to be working on the radio side, doing Chargers broadcast alongside another colleague <laughs> of ours. Matt Meismith. Matt Meismith. <laughs> what a pairing. And, oh, by the way, Maurice Jones-Drew. Uh, the Rams is going to be doing the Rams as well, but or uh, you know he was doing it last year as well. But and uh, but it's just fun to see some of your coworkers, you know, get the opportunity to kind of do things that uh, different things that uh, you haven't seen from before. But Daniel Jeremiah uh, working with the Chargers now, daily daps to him. I know he's going to do an amazing job. I mean, DJ is not only one of the best analysts out there right now. I think he's super smart. He's still well connected. He knows the game. Really good at, at analyzing it, both from the draft and and during the season. Yeah. But DJ is also just one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. Oh, hundred percent. And like, a complete, by the way, a complete psychopath because he drives from like Egypt, like two and a half hours away. But uh, you're talking about those moments. Do you remember? I think it was at that same draft rank. We were having a slice of pizza with uh, at one of the Rays. At I, Rays. Oh I my God. One of the, which Rays it was. It was on uh, sixth. So you have like to go behind eight different Rays. In it's sixth and fifty fourth. But Somewhere yeah, we were, we were having a slice of pizza with Daniel Jeremiah but Gosh, on the on the yeah. eve of the draft. It was like what, late Wednesday night. We're all there just having a having a piece of pizza, you know, shooting the breeze. And it was like my first year with the NFL. And DJ right. was just nice as could be, treating me like a normal dude and uh, stayed, in, you know, close with him ever since. So he's great. Um, more power to him. It's awesome. That's great. Um, producer Christina, what you got? Um, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but on Netflix, I just started watching The Staircase. My old roommates watched it and loved it. Really? Yeah. yeah I, it's so interesting. So I highly recommend that. All of my friends have seen it, and okay. it's hot it's a topic. it's a documentary, right? Yeah, like, it's a documentary. Like making a murder kind of situation where yeah, it follows exactly. a case for a long time. Yeah, it follows um, this novelist from North Carolina. They're investigating as to whether or not he murdered his wife. Oh boy. And it's very interesting. So I mean, it, it leaves you at the end wondering whether or not he did it, but it it's very interesting. I would watch it. It's about eleven episodes, I think. Okay. It's not bad. Cool. Um, all right, so uh, got mine out of the way. Producer Christina, Adam Rank, got it. the floor is yours. Mine? The uh, floor is yours, Alex Gill. Well, first I want to get a couple like smaller daps out yeah. of the way. Uh, I saw a great moment on Twitter today about a guy who goes by Brother Nature Brother on Nature. Twitter. Yeah. His at is at Cold Game Kelv. I think his full name is Kelvin. But this guy, wherever he lives, he has like become best friends with the deer, white-tailed deer that live in his area. No way. To the point where like – 
he has nicknames for them all, and they recognize him, and their tails wag like dog tails when he comes up. What? And he'll feed them, like, bananas and strawberries and carrots and, and talk with them all the time. Like, he'll be driving on the road and be like, oh, look, it's my girl Tay-Tay. And then he'll roll down the window, and the deer will come right up. But if he's got any food, he'll give her some food, and then they'll, like, hang out and walk away. The, video, the videos are hysterical. And uh, it was on it's a Twitter moment, but you can go find them and watch some of the best ones. <laughs> okay. Very, very funny. I'm going to go find this guy. Uh, daily Dap to the, the Tide Cave rescuers yes. and that whole operation Ooh. that was just insane and challenging insane. and that they got them all out. And, you know, to the to the guy who lost his life trying to save the people, like just an insane situation and, and an amazing recovery effort by a lot of people. So yep. that was really awesome to see. And then obviously last, uh, I have to just give a Daily Dap to all of our listeners and readers, you know. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we do or have the su- success of this podcast if people didn't actually download and listen and tweet at us about everything from our takes and Tom Brady being terrible, as James said. Or <laughs> I can't believe he said that. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Or, uh, you know, James being bad at geography or the oh. beards or Adam Rank's <sighs> epic filibusters or me ho- getting talking about Hocus Pocus, which I still think <laughs> is the single thing I've been tweeted at about the most in my time at the NFL, which is hilarious and shocking, but it's a, it's a cult classic, and I will watch it again this October. And I welcome your ats, what, people. What a strange hill to die on. So thanks to all of Hocus you guys. You know, we, uh, we wanted to make something special and build it up over here and I think yeah. we were successful in that and it wouldn't be possible without all the people that clicked and listened and tuned in and uh, you know got to hang out with us and I've had the good fortune of bumping into a number of listeners at various points one time I had uh, left my credit card at a bar and I went there and then I was like oh, I'm, I went there the next day and I was like ah oh, what the hell I'll get like a sandwich and a beer and when I was asking for my card back, somebody was like, Gelhar, like, are you Alex Gelhar from NFL Fantasy? And I was like, yeah, that's me. So then I shot the breeze with that guy. No way. Yeah. When I went to London, I met up with a bunch of great listeners over there oh two God. separate times. Uh, bumped into some people elsewhere. You know, it's just we got a, a wonderful audience here yeah. uh, that, you know, I will certainly miss when I'm gone. They, Our they, listeners are the best. They made everything made everything worthwhile. All the all the long hours and, you know, hard nights and whiffs. And uh, my parting gift to all of you, though, will be uh, – the la- I think probably the last piece I'm officially going to write for NFL Fantasy is okay. going to be looking back at some of my biggest whiffs in <laughs> fantasy. Is that right? I dove, I dug through the archives, and whoo, boy, are there some gems. Oh, there are you. some good ones. Oh, you're, uh, you're a better person. Much like you and your, your Josh Ferguson love, uh, I had to go back down the uh, the David Cobb wormhole for a while, <laughs> which, was, which was painful to say it's the least. It's fun to laugh at other people when they're doing <laughs> yeah, it. Is. That's why I hope everybody will get a kick out of this, and I'm sure many of you will have been foiled by some of the same things that I made. Like well, that's got to be a, that's got to be something that you say. Quote, tweet your yeah, biggest well, fantasy mistake. Get, send send me yours as well. But also, you know, like Toby Gerhardt. You remember those days? Toby oh, Gerhardt, Cordero his, Patterson. When his ADP came down. Like, oh, I didn't even think about Cordero Patterson. But I guess everybody was on him, so I didn't. That wasn't one that was. Born. I feel I was the most egregious on that one. I think yeah, Cordero was definitely somebody that oh, everybody with. I took when we did a dynasty startup. I took Cordero in like the fifth round of the <laughs> dynasty startup. <laughs> oh, I cut him like fifth, two or three years later. That team round, still man. won a championship though, so there you it's go. not ruined by a draft. Well, there you go. Um, a great show, certainly an emotional show. Oh, my God, the news! <laughs> <laughs> Got to hear my voice one last time. Just one last time. One last time. What the hell? Why not? Uh, it's your last show, Alex Gilhart. Again, you're going to be missed. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it was an emotional show. Um, I felt like it was a fitting end, though. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Got some rank filibusters. Got yeah. James trashing a, a great player. I felt that people. I didn't filibuster at all. All I missed, all we missed, James' geography, uh, you know, all we, we missed all was, uh, was a Mark Ingram slam from oh, you. Wow. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, trash Mark Ingram real quick on the way out. <laughs> oh, wow.
programming note, no show next week. We'll be back at it uh, the following Monday with two shows in a couple weeks. We'll see you then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.